Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you are listening to this podcast, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Hopefully you're either winning, have won, or have a shot of winning your week four matchups. That's right. The first quarter of the NFL season is nearly finished as we look forward to the Monday night football game between the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. On the podcast today, we are going to talk about the injuries that we saw from week four. We're going to give you a little look into what goes into the Monday morning water cooler, a premium article over there on www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. For $5 a month, that article can be yours to give you options for your season-long leagues and waiver wire options. It gives you injuries that we saw on the weekend before. It gives you the streaming quarterbacks and streaming defenses I'm looking at, and it talks about players that you can feel comfortable, if need be, to drop as players come and go on your football team. Remember, the players I put in the droppable list are not players that I'm guaranteeing to drop. I'm just saying that if need be and you need the spot on your roster, feel free to drop those players. They are by no means players that I guarantee that you need to drop. They're just players that if you need the spot, you should be able to drop them without any kind of repercussions. So let's start into the podcast looking at the past week's injuries. Um, heading into week four, we saw Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals out with the second straight game with his injury. We also saw Evan Ingram miss the Giants-Saints game. We saw Rex Burkhead, who was put on the IR from the Patriots, miss his game. Uh, I don't know if, it's, if he's going to miss this season, if they're going to transfer him over to the season-ending IR, but that's an injury that has a lot of um, news for the Patriots' backfield. That takes one more running back out of that crowded backfield there in New England, and we all know that uh, the Patriots' running back situation is not always one that we love to have, but one less name there is better for us fantasy football owners, not for the Patriots themselves, but as we look at the um, upcoming week, a few names that you might want to look at come from that New England Patriots backfield. We also saw the Green Bay Packers, uh, Randall Cobb missed this last week, which opened up the door for Geronimo Allison, who himself left with a concussion. So um, before we get too far involved into the Allison concussion injury, let's look at a few players that were lost for the season uh, on Sunday, the biggest name being Tyler Eifert of the Cincinnati Bengals. The poor guy cannot catch a break. He goes down with a horrible-looking ankle injury. Um, from the looks of it, it looked like his ankle was broken half. It was one of the. Uh, it was a gruesome injury that you saw on TV. You could definitely see the ankle break. Uh, I'm surprised it took him uh, a couple hours to let him know that he's out for the uh, for the season. Once that ankle bent over, you knew that his season was uh, probably over. And it's an injury that is too bad for Eifert himself and tough news for his fantasy owners as Eifert had a decent game yesterday and looked like he was finally healthy, going to put up a solid season this year. But his 2018 season is officially over with that ankle injury. We also saw Will Disley of the Seattle Seahawks go down with an, with an injury. He tore his patella and will miss the rest of the season. Uh, the young rookie um, Seattle tight end is one that is tough to see because it looked like he was starting to come into his own as a 
as a receiving tight end. Coming out of college, it looked like he was going to be more of a passing tight end, but he had a lot of connection with Russell Wilson and was getting looks more and more as the weeks went involved. But now we see he is out for this season, along with teammate Earl Thomas on the defensive side of the ball for the Seattle Seahawks. This is why Le'Veon Bell is likely sitting out. Now that Earl Thomas is out of this, out of this, out for the season, it's one of those injuries that playing on the franchise tag you never want to see happen. But it maybe gives insight on why Bell is sitting out and not playing on that franchise tag. He wants to get that last payday. Again, these players are playing for themselves. They're playing for a team, but obviously this is their job. They're getting paid for it. Yes, they get paid plenty of money. But let's, let's also remember that these guys earn their paychecks for what they do on the football field, and no one does it better than Le'Veon Bell does for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So maybe with Earl Thomas's injuries, we can look at Bell and say, okay, this is why the guy is sitting out not playing. That I'm guessing now that Thomas is out for the season, it's going to affect his final contract. Is someone going to not give him as many years, not as much guaranteed money because he's coming off of that injury? Only time will tell. You just feel, feel bad for anybody who gets hurt, especially someone that's um, as good of a player as Earl Thomas is there in Seattle. That Seattle already banged up and with a lot of play, people missing on that defense. The defense takes a major hit now with Earl Thomas out for the season. They likely are make me a no-go for any um, season-long. I was looking at them for possibly a season-long waiver wire pickups off and on, but with Errol Thomas out for that defense, I think that defense takes a major hit, and I likely will not be looking at them much at all in the 2018 season on the defensive side of the ball. We also saw a few players go down and might miss a significant amount of time, T.Y. Hilton and Leonard Fournette being the biggest names. Hilton actually left twice yesterday. Once looked like a broken, broken rib, a chest injury, that he actually came back in the game and did return but he would also leave later on in the second half as he suffered a hamstring injury, one that likely keeps him out this Thursday night with the quick turnaround for the Thursday night game. I don't see the Colts um, suiting him up and playing him that soon, especially with the hamstring injuries being such a tricky injury. I see the Colts keeping him out and letting him have that extra few days of rest and coming back in week six, hopefully. We all saw Fournette leave for a second time in the first four games, sandwiched in, be, in with a couple of misses in the middle with those two in week two and three where he didn't even step on the football field. If you're a Fournette owner, and unfortunately I am a Fournette owner, you're likely sitting at under 500, maybe even 0-4. You see him leaving two games early in the game, and then you see him missing two complete games. As a first-round draft pick, he is a player that you counted on, and so far you have not been able to count on. What I'm not looking forward to for the future is that hamstring injury. That hamstring could tighten up at any time, as we saw yesterday, and it's one of those things where I'm personally, if I can be a little bit greedy, I'm hoping the Jaguars actually make the decision for me and have him sit out three, four weeks to make sure that that hamstring is is uh, healthy enough to return. Luckily, I have a little depth to handle that, and hopefully you have a little depth as well. Just have him sit out as a, um, as a fantasy owner. I just hope they let him sit out, let that injury heal, and come back a little more healthier than taking a chance on having that injury re-injure it as the season goes along, which is very possible, as we've seen in week four with Leonard Fournette. We also saw O.J. Howard leave the game at Chicago with an apparent knee injury. Rob Gronkowski of the Patriots left Sunday's second half with an ankle injury. You kind of have to wonder if he didn't return because it was a blowout or if the ankle injury is a big deal. Um, himself, he has a short week as they play the Colts this week. 
Will the Patriots give him a little extra time? As we've seen in the past, Rob Gronkowski is nothing. Nothing. I mean, the, the guy is an absolute beast, but he does show that he is very injury prone. The way he plays on the football field, very physical. He's not afraid of anybody. He's not afraid to take on the hits. He actually uh, lays hits himself, looking for players to to lay a hit into to get those extra yards. The way he plays is actually it's great, but it also is a downfall because he is an injury prone player. Um, you, we also saw Geronimo Allison, as I talked earlier, go down with a concussion. Unfortunately, with concussions, now he has to go through the league's protocol before he can get back on the practice field, therefore getting on the football field, therefore playing on Sunday. It's going to be tough to see if Allison can play this week as he tries to clear the concussion protocol. We likely don't hear much from that until later on this week. My guess is if he doesn't pass it by Friday or Saturday, he will not play on Sunday. And if Cobb cannot play on Sunday, that takes two weapons away from Aaron Rodgers, which is not great news for the uh, Packers passing game, but if anybody can make it work, it is Aaron Rodgers as the best or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We also saw Will Fuller go down with a hamstring injury as well. Houston Texans actually have a couple injuries that they're looking at. Um, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't missed any snaps, hasn't missed any time, but he himself is also dinged up and playing injured. So you got to wonder if Fuller is going to miss this week because of this hamstring injury. If that's the case, we definitely want to look at his backup there in Houston. Probably going to butcher the game, butcher the name, but you want to look at Kiki Kute of the Houston Texans as a possible replacement for Will Fuller. The good thing about him is he's also going to be the number one three receiver there. And with both Fuller and Hopkins dinged up, it, he, he has a chance to have some success early in the NFL season, and he looked like he can handle the part yesterday as he was in the shootout game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. That does it for the section of the injuries that we're looking at from this past weekend. And as I mentioned, I have an article that comes out every Monday morning or sometime throughout the Monday, throughout the day. It's called Monday Morning Water Cooler. It talks about the injuries from the week before. It talks about waiver wire options for your season-long league. I give it a few options for streaming a quarterback and streaming a defense. And lastly, it shows players that I can feel comfortable dropping if you need the roster space. So to wet your whistle and to kind of give you a little bit of an insight of what I look at, I'm going to give you a couple options at running back, a couple options at receiver, and a tight end option. And I'll also give you a streaming option for both quarterback and defense. And if you wanted to get more, feel free to go to the website. Check us out at www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. For $5 a month, this article can be yours on a weekly basis to help you find, work those waiver wires and see what players are out there. And again, once players start to become more and more picked up in fantasy leagues, I try to take them off the list. But until that happens, it's a list, depending on the size of your league, depending on how active your players are. Some of these players may be taken. Some of them may not be taken. Obviously, it depends on, on how active your league is, being that there's millions of leagues out there, and every league is different. A few running backs I'm looking at this week. We talked about the New England situation with Rex Burkhead out for, this, um, for a significant amount of time. I think it's safe to say we can see Sonny Michelle and James White have a little more of an impact as the weeks go on. 
with three running backs in the backfield. It was tough to figure out which one is the one to start. Now we're down to about two. Personally, I think for PPR leagues, you want to look at James White. Standard leagues, you want to look at Sony Michelle. But I think both options are good options to pick up no matter what. And I love Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. The Packers must find a way to get him on the field. He is by far the best running back there in that backfield. Sure, the, the Packers want to find ways to get Ty Montgomery, and they want to find ways to get Jamal Williams the ball, but Aaron Jones is the best athlete. He's the best runner. He can do more with that football than the other two. I think if the Packers want to have success on offense, which they have, have, they have had success, I think they have to find ways to get Aaron Jones on the field more and getting him the ball more often, which helps keep Aaron Rodgers upright and healthy, which is what you need because without Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are not a playoff team. With Aaron Rodgers, they are a Super Bowl caliber team. If we look at a couple wide receivers, Tops on my list, and maybe the tops of the waiver wire option period, John Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. It's funny to say, but I think the worst-case scenario we're looking at is someone like a T.Y. Hilton. I think John Brown has that that similar type of, of skill set, and maybe best-case scenario, if, 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 if everything aligns to where it is, he's a generic version of Antonio Brown of the, of the Steelers. John Brown is phenomenal with the ball. He has great speed. As we saw last night against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he can get open even with that safety weight in the backfield. He has so much speed that I think, I think he is a he is a player that needs to be owned in plenty more of, of, of leagues out there. Maybe even a hundred percent of leagues. Obviously, if you're in a six or an eight man league, maybe he's not owned. But if you're in a ten or more person league, John Brown should never be on your waiver wire. So this will be likely be the last week I put him on this list. But John Brown, the Baltimore Ravens speedy wide receiver, must be owned in all leagues moving forward. I'm also looking at Calvin Rid- Calvin Ridley. He's another player that is making his way into being owned in all leagues. Um, back to back two t- two plus touchdowns for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it's sad to say, but Calvin Ridley has more touchdowns in the last two weeks than Mr. Julio Jones has had in the last two seasons. At tight end, um, if you watched the second, uh, the second half of games yesterday, George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers showed that maybe he doesn't need Jimmy Garoppolo as much as some of the other players. Someone like Marquise Goodwin might need um, Jimmy Garoppolo more than... George Kittle. He had a great uh, Kittle had a great connection with his um, his former college teammate C.J. Beathard. Finished with six catches for over 120 yards and the touchdown. The touchdown was fantastic. Got wide open, made moves, long touchdown. Kittle is one of those players that I think is is becoming more and more known going into the season. He wasn't as known as you would think. He was on my sleepers list to break out. The injury to Jimmy Garoppolo uh, made, me, made me worry a little bit, but I think as we saw yesterday, he still has a great connection with C.J. Beathard. I think Kittle is another player that should be owned in most leagues moving forward and likely might be off this waiver wire section as the weeks move, apart, move upon us. If you're looking to stream a quarterback, you don't have one of the star quarterbacks, and you're one of those players that do sh- that likes to stream quarterbacks. Uh, one one name I'm looking at is Derek Carr of the of the Oakland, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders, heading up to the Los Angeles Chargers for a division game. Carr's nothing special as a quarterback. Um, he obviously has uh, faults on his game. He obviously has downfalls of his game. 
But in a game that you're going to have to pass, you're going to have to score points. You're, um, I think Derek Carr can have a solid game against the Chargers. They're not, they don't have uh, Joey Bosa out there pass rushing. The secondary doesn't seem to be as good as some thought it might be coming into the season. I think Carr has a chance to be in a sneaky shootout game with the Chargers. And if you listened to me earlier in the season heading into drafts, I was a stream of defense. Don't take a defense early. Wait till your final two picks to take your kicker and a defense. The reason why, look at the New Orleans Saints. Saints were one of the better defenses last year. This year, they can't stay out of their way, giving up points and yards in bunches. That's one reason why I say wait until your final two picks to take your kicker and your defense. And this week, I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans taking on the lowly Buffalo Bills offense, an offense that I have no idea how they beat the Minnesota Vikings, but they did. This last week, heading into Green Bay, the Packers put up a solid game on defense, dominating from whistle to whistle as the Packers shut out the Buffalo Bills and made them look like a junior high football team playing in an NFL stadium. The Bills are horrible. I never thought they were a good team. This is one of the reasons why I stayed well aware, well aware from, well, I'm sorry, well away from LaShawn McCoy. I think the offensive line is horrible. I think the entire offense doesn't play good. I think Josh Allen has a future in the NFL, but right now the Buffalo Bills are a bad team. I'm staying away from them, and I'm going to target defenses moving forward against the Bills like I thought we would do from the start of the season. The Minnesota Vikings game seems like it was just a bump in the road for them, and the Bills somehow pulled out the win, maybe their lone win of the season. I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans as my streaming defense, and if you're a Buffalo Bill fan, I'm sorry if I offended you as a Bills fan, but your team is not very good. And a few players that I'm looking at dropping. So like I said, this is one of those things where I'm looking at, if you're, if you're looking to fill a need on a team and you have to drop somebody, it might be a tough decision, but sometimes you have to make those decisions to fill a hole on your team. Jamal Williams and Jamison Crowder are two players that I'm looking at possibly dropping if I need the roster spot. As we go back to the Aaron Jones uh, talk, I think Aaron Jones needs to be on the field much more, which is going to affect Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. Both players playing time likely go down week week by week, and eventually, hopefully, the Packers realize that their every day their majority back needs to be Aaron Jones, and hopefully, he gets seventy five percent of those carries, which makes Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery players that I can drop. And if you need the space, um, Jamison Crowder has upside but he's not a consistent receiver. He's another player that you can look at dropping if you need the roster spot. One last thing to talk about before we head out is the Monday night showdown over on DraftKings. $250,000 the first place for a $10 entry fee. 164,705 people that play it. Obviously, you're going to have to hit the nuts to win it. But who wouldn't like a $250,000 payday on a Monday night? I know I definitely would. Even if I have to share it with a 1,000 of my best friends, I don't mind splitting $250,000 with thousands of people. If you're looking to split it, um, a couple different options you can look at. You would love to get Patrick Mahomes in as your captain spot. Remember, the captain spot, you're paying more money for your captain player, but you're also getting one and a half times the points as the rest of your flex plays so you can look at someone like Patrick Mahomes up there but I don't think you can make it work because he costs so much money 
you're spending $19,200 of your $50,000 for that captain spot if you put Mahomes there. I think it makes sense to drop down and put someone like Travis Kelsey, Emmanuel Sanders, or Demaryius Thomas as your captain spot, which allows you to possibly play both Patrick Mahomes and Case Keenum. I'm likely not going to play either defense if I don't have to, but maybe I play defense just so I can get an extra player up there. So if we play around with a lineup here, let's throw Emmanuel Sanders into that captain spot. Throw in Patrick Mahomes and Case Keenum. You have three extra you have three more spots to spend $13,600, which is an average of $4,500 each. If we go ahead and throw in a defense, let's just throw in the Broncos just see if they get a couple sacks maybe. That leaves you $5,500 for two flex plays each. That allows you to play someone like uh, Freeman and Lindsey. Maybe take Freeman and Sutton, a combination of the three. I don't think you can get up to Demarius Thomas unless you drop down one of the the quarterbacks. But that's a safe way that I'm looking at um, if you want to have a safe way tonight. If you're looking to go all out and win first place with a huge gamble, I'm looking at someone like Cortland Sutton or Royce Freeman as my as my um, captain spot. Yes, it doesn't sound like it's a smart move because you're not putting someone like Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Travis Kelsey, one of the quarterbacks. A popular thing that players are going to do is put one of those players in the captain spot, drop down and put a Royce Freeman or Cortland Sutton in your, in, into your captain spot. That allows you to spend more into your flex plays, allows you to get both quarterbacks, maybe a couple extra players that you normally wouldn't get if you had one of those top players in your captain spot. And the likelihood that someone's going to have Sutton or Freeman in their captain spot is less likely than the the Marys Thomas or the Emmanuel Sanders or the Case Keenums and so on and so forth there in a captain spot. Remember, if you're trying to win this, you need to think outside the box, and that's the direction I'm looking at. If you really want to be way outside the box, throwing the Denver Broncos in the captain spot would be crazy. I'm not going to do it, but if the Broncos somehow step up and they get four or five sacks, they turn, uh, they get Mahomes to turn the ball over a few times, and maybe he scores 24 instead of this typical 38, 39 points. Maybe that helps you in the captain spot. But like I said, I'm not going to be putting the defense in the captain spot. I'm likely not going to play a defense if I don't have to at all tonight. I think it's a shootout. I think the Broncos and the Chiefs both put up 30-plus points, which means that if the Broncos are going to win, they're going to have to score 30, 34 points or more. And I'm going to give a bold call on the podcast and say that Mr. Case Keenum outscores and outproduces Patrick Mahomes, the early MVP of the season. And Case Keenum has a monster game and throws for 350-plus and four or five touchdowns where Patrick Mahomes only gets into the box three times, once, once with his legs and twice through the air. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm calling my bold call. Case Keenum outproduces Mr. Patrick Mahomes. And good luck. If you need two players tonight, good luck in your matchups. Good luck in the Monday night showdown if you're playing over on DraftKings or on FanDuel. They also have a big tournament tonight. And hopefully you can get the W if you still have players available. If you don't, hopefully you don't have to fade a few players in your tournament. If you have someone like you're playing someone that has Patrick Mahomes, hopefully you don't have to worry about him scoring points. But that'll do it. That'll, that's the podcast. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day. Hopefully you have a good upcoming week, and we'll talk to you later this week. Have a good day.